0: Hello, and welcome to the Becoming World podcast, where we discuss the rodeo industry and pageantry. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm Nicole.
1: And I'm Sarah. Founded in 1957, today's International Professional Rodeo Association, the IPRA, is the second largest American rodeo organization in the world, sanctioning rodeos in both the United States and Canada. It was the first association to recognize Cowgirl Barrel Racing as a championship event. In supporting the role of women in professional rodeo, the IPRA has also been selecting an ambassador for their association for over five decades. The first Miss Rodeo USA was crowned in 1966, and a new cowgirl has continued to be crowned every January at the IPRA finals in Oklahoma. We are so excited to have the 2020 Miss Rodeo USA from Council Grove, Kansas, Brooke Wallace, joining us on our podcast today. Brooke is not only the 55th woman to wear the crown of Miss Radio USA, but she is the first woman from Kansas to receive this honor. What a special moment that must have been for you, Brooke. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you for the fabulous
0: intro. That was so concise and fabulous, Nicole. I mean, I try. I like fun facts. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. So, uh, Brooke, do you mind telling us a little bit about who Miss Rodeo USA is and how this title might be different from maybe some of the other regional and national titles out there? And then maybe throw in, like, what makes Miss Rodeo USA unique? So,
2: Miss Rodeo USA is an amazing program, and and I just feel so honored to be able to represent as one of the 55 ladies throughout history. And... You know, she represents the International Professional Rodeo Association, which is one of the only rodeo associations that really has focused on women's rodeo sports. And I can't think of anything else that I would want to represent more than that. You know, we were really great in starting the barrel racing and then coming now with breakaway roping, the IPRA was one of the few associations that really took that by storm. To be able to represent that is just the best thing in my mind I can think of. One cool part about being Miss Rodeo USA is that when you come and compete for this pageant, you come with a platform. So something that you stand behind, whether it's, you know, a whole gamut of things, not just rodeo, but um, what you truly believe in and are passionate about. And not every pageant really has that as a focus point. So as I travel throughout my year as Miss Rodeo USA, I have this one thing that I truly love and am truly passionate about that I get to talk about. And and my platform is the idea of of dreaming bigger. We all know, we've all heard, okay, dream big. We know what that means, but but what does dream bigger mean? And so the idea behind that is that, you know, really pushing yourself way, way, way past what you think you can accomplish and setting those goals just high enough that they seem unreachable. But. At the end of the day, you work hard and you keep going no matter what happens. Once you reach those goals, amazing things are happening. By setting our goals that much higher, we're pushing ourselves to, to do and achieve something much more than maybe we would have if we hadn't set that goal so high. That's what I get to go around and talk about to schools, to groups, no matter what on the airplane, at an airport, wherever I'm at, um, people are curious what I'm doing and, and what I represent. And so I just think it's so amazing to get to share that with others.
0: So through your Dream Big program, do you have action steps? How are How are you teaching these young kids or teaching individuals how to, to accomplish these goals? Because it's really great to say Dream Big, but do you have those steps so that they can actually obtain what they really want.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. And um, the one, the best part about getting to talk and to people in groups is to get to tell a story. Everyone wants to hear a good story. And so I, I go through the steps that I took to, you know, become Miss Rodeo USA. The first thing I get to start out with is telling these kids or adults that when I set out to to make this goal happen, I knew nothing about rodeo. Like I literally couldn't even tell you all the events that were held at a rodeo. And so by getting to show them that I started from literally nothing and, and look where I was able to, to come in just a matter of six years from being just a fan in the stands that really didn't have a clue what team roping was to um, Miss Rodeo USA. So I don't think there's any, better way to showcase it than to be the example and show them, Hey, look, this is, this is what you can do. And so through that, I talk about setting goals and setting different milestones so that you can attain those bigger goals. And, and one of the big things that goes along with that is just thinking outside the box you know, we get caught in the same routine time and time again. And we see how other people do it. And the way you can accomplish big things yourself is by doing it differently. And so I really promote, you know, being yourself and being unique and being who you are. And that's what's going to give you the ability and opportunity to go out and do something big is you got to stay true to yourself in the meantime. So there's so many great avenues to talk to kids and adults about with this broad platform that I have.
1: Oh, Ashley, I think I like this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I just love everything you said, Brooke. I like the idea of being unique, but also I love the fact that like you said you were a, you know, a fan in the stands and 6 years later you're Miss Rodeo USA, and I think that's so important to for other people to realize because a lot of times I think there's this misconception that the only way you can be a high-caliber rodeo queen is if you were born and raised in the saddle. And I know I for one was not, but I feel like we're kind of a rare breed or at least we're a breed that doesn't get talked about as much. So the whole dream bigger thing, as far as encouraging anyone to go after their dreams, is just awesome.
2: Yes. And you know, it doesn't matter how old you are or when you start or where you start from. If you start, you just got to start. That's what I tell people. A lot of times, you know, I'll talk to groups at a nursing home or groups wherever, and I, I say, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are to set yourself a new goal or a new dream. Just just do it. It just comes down to just doing it. Yes.
1: And you loop your Dream Bigger platform into your, at least your Instagram. I see it on your social media. You do some sort of giveaway. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes.
2: So the hard part about this year, and we all know it, it's changed everything, everyone, everything about everything. And so I haven't had the opportunity to go to as many schools as I would have loved to. I wanted to still get my platform out there somehow. I started out by saying, hey, if you take the initiative to message me um, just a short paragraph what your goals and dreams are and tell me one thing that you're going to do to get there. I am going to put you in the pot and each month I'm going to pick a winner and I was so amazed with how many people messaged me even that first time that I sent out this opportunity to win a prize and it was amazing the conversations that I had with people back and forth on um, personal messages on Facebook Messenger and Instagram and once we got to talking you know and I would ask them more questions or encourage them to do those things it was just really cool and so after the first month of sending one out I was like I have to do this every Every month. It was just really cool. And so every once in a while, I'll remind people how they enter. And, and usually, I, I pick someone who really took the time and the thought to really type out their goals and their dreams and, and give good ways for them to reach those and I'll send them a personal autograph sheet for myself. As you all might know, I am into the uh, sewing and leather making, so I make them a personal keychain and write them a special note and send that to them in the mail. So it just is a way to kind of keep people going, and the keychain, I always tell them, is a reminder every day for you to
0: reach and work towards making that dream come true. I think that's a wonderful idea to... To have a reminder and have a a physical reminder, you know, not only having this idea in your mind or having this thought that you want to achieve this goal, but having a physical reminder right there, you can touch, you can look at it and go, okay, I'm feeling down today. I don't think I can do it. Oh no, Ms. Rudo USA gave me this keychain and she believes that I can. I think that's an amazing tool that you're, you're imparting on, on these individuals who must have some fantastic dreams. That must be the best part though. Like, do you get to hear these dreams that these people have? Sometimes. And, and I always tell them, you know,
2: get back with me after you get that much closer to your dream. Or let me know how it goes. And, oh, I, I love hearing it. And sometimes I do get to see the outcome. Whether it uh, a girl I was helping reach her next rodeo queen title, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I've seen some of those things come to life, and it does feel great. It, you know, that's what I stand for, and that's what I've promoted throughout my years as a rodeo queen, you know, I've struggled through times too, trying to reach my goals. I've had setbacks that set me way forward. And I didn't realize it at the time, but later coming back, I, my biggest one is I had to run twice to earn the title of Miss Rodeo Kansas. And, and what seemed like a really big setback to me, not, not achieving that title the first year round, really put into perspective some of the things I was doing as a rodeo queen. And I said, well, I need to do I need to do more. And so I can't imagine how the outcome, and I might not be sitting here today talking to you guys if I had won Miss Rodeo Kansas that first year. Maybe I would have never become Miss Rodeo USA. So it's one of those things that I always tell people, it's okay to have a bumpy ride because sometimes it's a lot more
0: fun. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that that was fantastic. I, wanna, I, wanna, I I love hearing about your dream bigger. I like fashion. I'm not. I, I mean, I wear black and gray all the time because I have three kids and it, they're gross. But I have seen some of your outfits. And girl, I tell you, you are once stylish rodeo. Girl. <laughs> well, thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your fashion inspiration and sort of how you, how you put your, your outfits together and then if we have time, you got to talk about your chef.
2: (laughs) Okay. So I actually went to college for fashion design. So I always joke. And I said, I went to school for four years. I should be okay at it at least. (laughs) The biggest thing in the rodeo queen industry is that, you know, it's pretty traditional. It's hard to break from those traditional styles because the Western industry is classic. You know, you, you can wear the same thing for years and years and still be on trend. So in the rodeo queen industry, it's hard to be fashionable and a fashionista. So I, I've tried to do a few things a little bit different, pull in some some new styles and just uh, a different way of looking at it. My favorite thing is to go look at runway shows, take some of the ideas they have from that, and then work it down to something that's Western and modest and cowgirl so that's a little bit how the thought process goes I'm I'm excited because I'm just working on a completely brand new wardrobe for when I give up my title in January we have a six-day pageant there in Oklahoma so I plan to be wearing pretty much everything made by me for six days which I'm super excited about lots of fun stuff on the agenda for that but yeah I always tell people you know it's just you got to be creative it goes back to being you all the time, and that will show through your wardrobe as well. So, oh, I love wearing bright colors. I love the sparkle. I love the metallic leather, anything and everything. And, of course, if you haven't noticed by now, I pretty much have a sunflower on most every outfit, I swear. <laughs> it's like my trademark.
0: I think, it's, I think it's a trend for the Kansas girls to have the sunflower. But why not have a sunflower? It's an absolutely beautiful flower that brings so much joy to people's life. And people associate that sunflower with the state of Kansas. So you have to introduce yourself. You can just walk into a room, you got a sunflower on, and go, oh, that goes from Kansas. Okay.
2: One funny thing that I've done in the past two years, um, I started this when I was Miss Rodeo Kansas, and then I have brought it into my year as being Miss Rodeo USA, is that I literally always have a sunflower on when I'm being a rodeo queen, because I only wear sunflower socks. So I have probably like 30 pairs by now, and Unfortunately, this year I've started to notice that I'm getting holes in my socks from wearing them so much, so I've had to recycle some, get some new, hopefully finish out my Rodeo Queen career with the sunflower socks. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's fun. Why not? I mean, It makes me feel like I'm always at home. That was one of the things. I'm like, as long as I have a sunflower on, no matter where I'm at, uh, I always feel like I'm at home.
1: Our last podcast guest from the episode previous also uses lucky socks uh, and she believes the wackier the better and so it's just really funny to follow that interview with this one where you're like I wear sunflower socks I think I missed a very crucial sock lesson at some point in my life.
2: Well funny enough yeah
1: being on the road a lot it can be wear and tear and
2: in hard times but I have pretty much lived out of my truck for the last couple years of my life so if I'm in my truck I feel at home and so going down the road it's it's nothing new. Got the armrest down, just chilling. It feels like home. It's
0: nice that you're able to bring bring something that is familiar for you. I mean, it helps being on the road so much. And I can imagine as Miss Roadway USA, you are going places and you're going lots of places. <laughs> so you can, you know, sometimes maybe get a little homesick, but you look down at your socks and you're like, no, 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 I'm good. How has that changed with with COVID? With the COVID. You have to say it like that because that's what—that's the emphasis people have put on this thing. With the COVID. I can't imagine this is the same as when you, miss, when you were Miss Rodeo Kansas.
2: I've never despised a word and the word canceled, I hate it now. I hate that word so, so much. So yeah, a lot of things have changed. Um, as we all know, the world just pretty much shut down for three, four months and so I, I wasn't on the road at all from March to June. About mid-June is when I really picked up and events were happening again, and so I've been on the road for a couple months now, but it, nothing like it it could have been, and that's a little bit hard to swallow. You know, we sign up to do this job all year long. The blessing behind it all is that We have social media, and it's an amazing tool. And no matter if there's an event or not, at least I can have something out there about the sport of rodeo and about what we're doing as Rodeo Queens because I can post on Facebook and Instagram every single day and write a blog. So I I utilize those things in the months that I couldn't be on the road.
0: That's really nice. Do you have a topic that that seemed to be requested or you felt – the most compelled to write about? You know, I love telling stories and um, probably my favorite
2: blog this year was one that I had my sister write. I told her, I said, I want you to tell funny stories about me because you know me probably the best of anyone. We grew up together and uh, we showed horses growing up together. And and so that was a really fun one that I don't think anyone's ever done before on a blog. You know, they usually write about the events that they attended that week and whatnot. But since I wasn't going anywhere, I uh, I had her come on as my guest blog for the weekend, and I got a really good reaction out of that one. That was, I think, clear back in March now.
1: You are so brave. I mean, I have a sister, and I don't know if I could trust her with that
0: kind of leverage over me. I have a brother, and he would probably tell me, he'd probably tell terrible stories, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> How has your family reacted to you holding to such a prestigious title? you you talk about your sister being a I guess blogger. They must have just been ecstatic because how has your family been helping and how did they react? How did they react to you becoming Miss Rodeo USA? and then how have they really helped you through this year? So when I started uh, my
2: ventures as being a rodeo queen, I was already in college, so I was at an age that. I really depicted what I was going to do based on just my own pure will to do it. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times girls will start when they're young, so they need someone to drive them to the rodeo or the pageant or whatnot. So from the very beginning, this was something that I wanted to do, and I wasn't going to rely on anyone else to make it happen. And I think you sometimes have to be that way when you really want something, but they have always been there right by my side to support me. I remember in the early ages when we were studying and I was trying to learn all these things about rodeo and they'd sit there and ask me all my flashcards back to me and I would answer out loud. And that was some of the best practice that I could have ever had. And so even the little things like that, or I know I always asked my sister, I was like, do you like this hat with this or that? So asking her fashion advice as well and just bouncing ideas off of her. And it is a group effort. Like you said, you know, you have to have that support because really at the end of the day, why do we pay people to judge us on a stage in front of a whole bunch of other people? (laughs) It's, it's not an easy task. You have to have people there in the crowd to support you that a familiar face you can look at when you're standing up on stage and you don't know what to say. It's like even just a smile from a member in the crowd was definitely things I needed along the way. And my dad, the funniest thing, I tell you what, at first he wasn't a fan of it. I think it's just because he didn't understand it. And I finally was like, look, dad, I want to be in the fashion industry and I want to make clothes for these girls. What better way to to meet my clientele than to be one? <laughs> and so from then on, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm in on this. I, I understand now. You, you turn it into a
0: business and, and dad gets it. Yes, exactly. You got you to gotta speak dad talk. Dad, I can make money. You need to spend a lot of money at first, but then I'll make money.
2: <laughs> well, and then, you know, I got to make all my outfits through the years. So I, I saved quite a bit just being able to sew for myself quite honestly. Oh, I didn't catch on to
0: you. Okay. I remember you saying, you know, clothes made, made by me. You literally meant made by me. Yes. That is, I absolutely love a girl that can design and sew her own clothes. No one else will have a dress like you. I mean, you are an emerging fashionista and designer and no one's going to come up to you and go, oh, is this so-and-so? You'd be like, no, it's a Brooke Wallace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I have a funny story to, to tell about parents. Super embarrassed. So my mom, my mom loves me. I had to make her stand somewhere where I couldn't see her, or behind a pillar, or ha- she's much shorter than my father, so like behind my dad, because her stare was so <laughs> intense, I would forget what I was doing on stage. About seeing a friendly face in the crowd and my mom's face was never the face I could look at because she were just so big and they were just staring at me and she looked like she was gonna cry so I used to make her hide gotta do what you gotta do you do you do as a rodeo queen I mean you got the duct tape you got of, of every possibility, and you got the mamas standing behind pillars.
2: I'm the girl that takes her sewing machine to pageants because you never know when there's going to be a malfunction on your wardrobe or someone else's, <laughs> and I've had to use a sewing machine at a pageant before to fix people's clothing.
0: You are what? Oh my goodness! You're the unicorn. You're the unicorn that was never at any of my pageants. <laughs> I absolutely love that you are putting yourself putting yourself aside to help other women. You know. Women lifting women up is absolutely amazing. And you don't always hear about it. But the fact that you brought your sewing machine to sew other girls' clothes. Like, (laughs) come on now. That is is a class act right there. Well,
2: thank you. I appreciate that. And I always see it as you never know when you're going to need help yourself. So you might as well help someone when they need it.
0: How do you handle criticism for maybe someone not appreciating your fashion sense? Well... Honestly,
2: I learned a long time ago, there's never going to be everyone that loves what you're doing. You just got to take it with grace. And sometimes I've had had times when uh, someone was like, well, I don't really like that style or whatnot on you. And I, you know, you just roll it off the shoulder. But looking back later, I was like, you know what? They were right. I need to change this, that and the other thing. So criticism can be a good thing. And you have to learn how to Take it the right way. Some people are better at giving it than others, I will say. <laughs> but I've learned things along the way just from being critiqued by people. I those judges' score sheets at the end of the day, I mean, wait a week and then read them because the day after might be a little too fresh. But I always took those criticisms for exactly what they were. And it, it usually did end up helping me in the end. But at the end of the day, be you. And if you're being you, you're gonna be happy. So that's all that really matters,
0: to be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the only one looking at the pictures. Exactly. I mean, your grandchildren and your children will look at them, but but you're, the, you're going to be the one looking at the pictures, and you definitely need to be, you need to find joy in that moment. You need to look at yourself and be like,
2: wow, look at me. <laughs> I definitely can relate to the era. I wish that I was in my 20s when the 80s were here. Because I love big hair. I love like flashy things, bright colors. That, like if I could ever dress up as a decade for any school day or whatever, it was It was always the 80s. I loved it. I loved the leg warmers, all of it. I would have totally been a rodeo queen in the 80s because my hair would have been the biggest. Funny enough, I don't really have a fashion icon that I always follow. And I think maybe at the end of the day, that's the best thing because then... The things that I'm making and what I'm doing is is unique and different. You know, I'm the first one to be all over Pinterest and like searching the most random uh, sleeve styles <laughs> to get ideas, but yeah, I really don't follow any sort of celebrity or anything. I'm I'm just not into that. I I learned though when I was in college, they're like you have to be able to come up with ideas on your own. And so I, I really took that to heart and I was like, All right, I got this, let's go.
0: What one fashion friend in rodeo today would you like to do away with
2: that is a really good question so this is kind of a real subtle thing but I can't stand brown and black paired together it's like one of my pet peeves that I just really can't deal with and I feel like it gets done a lot and I don't know how it keeps happening (laughs) subtle thing uh, you know and another thing recently that I've seen a lot of is different patterns being worn together for example I'm gonna have a polka dot shirt on but a striped vest on I like I can't do the the multiple patterns I have
0: a lot <laughs> that I would like to get rid of but my opinion doesn't matter
2: yours does so if anything those are probably my two little pet peeves
1: of the fashion industry well and if you look back at like princess Diana for example she is famous fashion icon but like you look back at all of her outfits not all of them were a hit (laughs) can't win them all but if you can get you know that diamond in the rough polished up I think that's probably where it's at I have a question I've been dying to ask you Brooke you must have a fashion icon can you tell us who they are or maybe a little bit about it or even if you just have like a fashion era you would love to have lived in
2: oh I totally agree I always tell anyone if you're gonna go watch any portion of the Miss Rodeo America pageant Go to the fashion show. It is a- amazing, and it was so fun being up on that stage too. I, I can't even describe to people how much energy you got walking out there under the lights. It was it was a pretty
0: cool experience. I love how girls are stepping outside of fabrics. You know, not just leather. Because I remember when, when I was a Rodeo Queen, I was told I was not allowed to wear anything but leather. They're like, you have to wear leather. You have to wear leather. And I did high school rodeo. I had an entire wardrobe of leather. My every single outfit was leather. And now girls are like, no, I'm going to wear a denim dress or I'm going to wear a silk dress. Or I'm going to put lace. Or I'm going to wear a bodysuit. The fashion portion of Miss Rodeo America has turned into my favorite portion because seeing everybody express themselves using different modes is just so refreshing. I personally have been curious about this, but Brooke, you're my first Miss Rodeo USA I've ever met. So I have heard people say that Miss Rodeo USA is not as prestigious as Miss Rodeo America.
2: The best way that I describe the difference between the two or which is this and which is that is that at the end of the day, we both represent great organizations, the PRCA and the IPRA, and those are the two largest rodeo sanctioning bodies all over hands down, they're the two biggest. Well, as you know, the intro says the IPRA is the second largest rodeo sanctioning body. Now, that doesn't mean that Miss Rodeo USA is any less than Miss Rodeo America, but we represent two different associations. And I can't imagine if there was only one of us, how that one person could represent both. So that's so important that there's both of us. And while Our job titles pretty much are the same. We just represent two different groups of cowboys and cowgirls. And so I don't know if I could say one's more prestigious than the other, considering that I am one of them. (laughs) But the cool part about this year in 2020, one of my best friends is Jordan Tierney, Miss Rodeo America 2020 we talk on the regular so to have these two titles that people are like "Ooh, are they friends are they frenemies are they enemies (laughs) you know and we're great friends so I think it just you know it's all in how people try to make it out to be but at the end of the day we are representing rodeo and that's all that matters
1: Now, Brooke, refresh my memory. I believe the IPRA represents rodeos in the United States, but also into Canada. Is that correct? Yes. So you're actually like representing rodeo on an international basis, whereas Miss Rodeo America is really focused on 50 states, correct? Correct. So then can you tell me a little bit about, because being on the West Coast, you know, I've always kind of eyeballed the IPRA. I'd like to know more about it. And so I'm taking advantage of having you on as a guest I'm on our local rodeo committee. What steps could I take if I wanted to join the IPRA or co sanction our event? So it's just
2: like with any rodeo association. You know, they all have pretty much the same rules. They all take pretty much about the same thing to make their rodeo either be a PRCA or IPRA or there's so many different associations. With the IPRA, typically what's happened over the course of when it was started is that it was centrally located more in the southeast we don't really have any IPRA rodeos that go past right. Colorado or Kansas. And I think, you know, every association will go through stages in its lifetime where the rodeos are going to be more popular in this area or that area. And and right now, you know, on a normal year, this year is not normal, but we sanction almost 40 rodeos in Canada. So it's really migrating and changing into something where we're up in Canada a lot more than we have been in the past, which is cool, which is awesome. I am so sad that I don't get to go to Canada this year, but another time for that, I'll make it happen. So yeah, and and to make IPRA rodeos move more west, it just takes rodeo committees like you're talking about to say, hey, by golly, we're going to have an IPRA rodeo, and that's going to be that. It, it just takes committees, and, and I think we take for granted the great committees of people that we have to make these rodeos happen, because honestly, we would not have the sport of rodeo if we didn't have these hard-working
0: committees all over the U.S. <laughs> I honestly did not know that it was all the way up in Canada. Like, that takes you and to a level, level of title
1: titlehood. <laughs> So, Brooke, do you have any plans to stay involved in rodeo after your title and to what capacity? Like, what does the future hold for you? I am so
2: excited to actually compete again as a rodeo competitor, aka barrel racer, soon-to-be breakaway roper. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm most excited for. It's so hard sitting at a rodeo as a rodeo queen and watching barrel racers go by and you're like, oh, man wish I was her tonight. I know what you mean. So I really want to get back to competing, you know, first and foremost, barrel racing, because I grew up doing that. I have a good basis there. Breakaway roping is another story because I'm not a skilled roper yet. I will admit it. I am learning, but that's where it starts. You know, it goes back to the whole dream bigger thing. You know, I, I once wasn't a rodeo queen. Now I am. I once wasn't a breakaway roper, but just wait, I will be. That's what the future looks like for me in the rodeo industry. And of course, like I will always be involved in some capacity, especially in the pageants that I've competed in and won over the years, whether that be sending prizes back for them to put back in their program or holding a position on the board someday. And then honestly, just just helping girls get involved with it. So many people gave their time to me when I was trying to learn and didn't ask for anything in return. And so I really hope to be able to do those same things for other girls that are wanting to get started.
0: I think that's wonderful. And I think that's what, it, what rodeo needs, especially pageantry. That's what they need. What it needs right now is someone like you who wants to give back, who wants to put back in so that other young ladies who have a dream, who want to dream bigger, just like you did, can have the opportunity to say, you know, I started out not knowing anything about rodeo, just like Brooke. And look at me now, I'm Miss Rodeo USA, and I'm able to travel all over the United States and Canada and represent the fantastic sport of rodeo, which I think it's really cool that the IPRA has more women women's events. Growing up in Oregon, I, I oh, you only saw barrel racing, and I just think it's really neat that rodeos on the East Coast have more women's events associated with the actual rodeos.
1: I mean, it reminds me a little bit of our local regional association, the Northwest Professional Rodeo Association, which also has women's events, uh, just on an international scale. So I'm, I'm all about that because I'm a big fan of the MPRA.
2: This last year at the
1: International Finals Rodeo,
2: Breakaway Roping received the same money across the board as all the other events. So um, that was a big step. You know, they had been at the Finals Rodeo for about, oh, I think it's been about 10 years this was the first year that they had even money across the board for all events. And I thought that was really cool. That is fantastic. Brooke, thank
0: you so much for joining us today. You're a fantastic representation of really dreaming bigger of starting from different place and completely skyrocketing into a position. Thank you for giving us this joy of interviewing you.
2: Thank you for having me. I, I feel honored to be on here. You know, the pageant world is a big world and um, whether it's rodeo or not it's a great community to um, get everyone connected
1: thank you so much Brooke for your time it's been a
0: blast
2: thanks for listening
0: to our podcast
2: if you like our show and want to know more check out becomingroyal.org
1: or follow us on Facebook Instagram and Pinterest